Welcome to the Community Church at Lake Wiley's Message Podcast. We are so grateful that you decided to download this week's episode and listen to our message. As we mark the second week of Advent, Pastor Ryan continues in his series, What Child Is This? Now, let's dive into this week's message. Here's Pastor Ryan. When will it end? We've all said or thought those words, felt those words, sometimes in very low-stakes situations like, uh, I don't know, kids waiting for summer break um, or parents eagerly waiting for them to go back to school at the end of the summer um, or sitting through a movie or a play or a sermon that's way too long. Uh, Don't worry, this one's only going to be about 10 minutes, so just hang with me. Sometimes we think those words, when will it end, um, in, a, in a low stakes way, but sometimes they're really high stakes situations. It's very personal to us. A family conflict that won't quit. A relational splinter that won't come out. When will it end? We say and think those words in times of physical pain, in times of illness, depression, insomnia, an online bully who keeps coming back for more, a project that demands everything of you. When will it end? Sometimes we ask this collectively as a society, like during uh, political campaign seasons that are getting longer and uglier. When will it end? Nations weary from war in Ukraine, in Israel, Syria, other places like that. We all asked it during the pandemic, when's this going to end? We've all said or felt those words. And the story of Christmas really begins with a people who had been asking that question for generations. When's it going to end? The Israelites had been oppressed by powerful empires one after another. The Babylonians, the Persians, then the Greeks, then the Romans. Israel had been shamed, treated like dirt, taxed into oblivion forced to fight in military conflicts, in some cases enslaved. If God loved his people, Israel, why was he allowing their mistreatment to go on for so long? God had made these promises to Israel that one day he would intervene and he would put all things right through his Messiah. So what was taking so long? The Israelites wondered, when will it end? And then the answer came, not in a triumphant parade or a military maneuver, God's intervention began quietly with two families that had no power or prestige about them. God sent his angel Gabriel to visit these two families. The first, Gabriel visited a man named Zechariah, an ordinary man. He was a priest in the the temple in Jerusalem, but there were thousands of priests who served at the temple in Jerusalem, and Zechariah was kind of an ordinary mid-level priest. He and his wife Elizabeth were elderly. The angel Gabriel visits them and says, God's going to give you a child. And this child would be a herald announcing to Israel that God is about to answer their prayers. The Messiah is almost here, and that child would be John the Baptist. Six months later, the same angel Gabriel makes a second visit to Mary, probably a teenage girl in an unimportant town. Her child would be miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit. He would be the very Son of God in the flesh, the Messiah. When will it end, the people asked. God's answer, his rescue mission, began 
uh, very quietly with these two miraculous pregnancies. One, Elizabeth, the aging wife of an ordinary priest. The other, Mary, a young woman who was on no one's radar. And if Mary and Elizabeth could speak to each other during this incredible moment in their lives, you know, what do you think they would say? Thankfully, we have a glimpse of this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. So this is right after Mary found out what was going to happen to her. Verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So they were relatives, Elizabeth and Mary. And when Elizabeth, or when Mary comes to visit Elizabeth and Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, the baby leaped in her womb. And that's the unborn John the Baptist, sort of making his first proclamation of the Messiah's arrival. And Elizabeth says this really important thing about Mary that applies directly to our lives. She says, blessed are you, blessed is she who's believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So Gabriel told Mary this incredible news, right? Mary, you're going to have this baby. This is going to be the son of God. And Mary believed him. And, and in a lot of ways, it would have been easier not to believe. It was such an extraordinary promise. And so Elizabeth is honoring Mary for believing this. And so Mary had what we would call, perhaps, a childlike faith. You know, Jesus spoke about this, the importance of a childlike faith. He, he said, you know, when these kids would come around Jesus and just joyfully embrace him, he said, you know, there's something here about the way they embrace me that you all should follow, this childlike faith. And so I want to give you two key points today to take away from this story about Mary. The first is this, is that trusting God is the essence of childlike faith. Trusting God is the essence of childlike faith. Childlike faith is trusting not in what you feel about God or in yourself, but it's actually trusting in God. If you trust somebody in your life, it's because of who they are that you trust them, right? Um, how you feel about them does not make them trustworthy. So it's taking the focus off of yourself and placing the focus on God. It's trusting in him because of who he is and what he is like. That's childlike faith. That's Mary-like faith. And I've gotten to see this as a parent um, firsthand in my own children, uh, especially when they're really young, learning first to walk and talk. You know, when they're scared, they know exactly who to run to. When they're sad, they're not ashamed to cry. If they've had a nightmare, they know exactly where to find us. You know, if they've injured themselves, they know who's going to patch them up. If they're hungry, they know who's going to feed them. If, if they're shy or insecure around a stranger, you know, the used to hide behind our legs and kind of peek out. If we warn them about danger, they're going to believe us most of the time. That's sort of the uncomplicated trust of a child for a loving parent. And that's the kind of trust we are meant to have with God. Mary had this kind of trust, and we are meant to as well, right? When we're frightened, we should know who to run to. When we're sad, we should not be af afraid to cry to the Lord if we're living a nightmare, we can turn to him. If we've been injured, we can ask him to patch us up. 
when we hunger literally for food or spiritually, we know who feeds us. If we feel insecure, we can kind of metaphorically, you know, hide behind his legs and kind of peek out. If we're worried about going on to a dangerous path, we can trust that he's going to guide us. This is childlike faith. This is Mary-like faith. And so you have Elizabeth and Mary, and Elizabeth says to Mary, you are blessed. You believed God. You trusted God in that kind of way. And then Mary responds, and her response is a song. This is her response is to sing. And really, you could think of this as like the first ever Christmas song, Mary's song. And as you're going to see in Mary's song in just the next couple of minutes, her faith may be childlike, but it's not simplistic. I mean, it is rooted in a very deep knowledge of who God is. So let's look at Mary's song now, starting in verse 46 of Luke 1. Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. So this is the part of Mary's song that's specific to her personally, right? She's telling us God has been mindful of her. She's basically saying, God sees me. He notices me. She keeps singing, verse 48. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. So here Mary is telling us in her song, she's going to be remembered not because of anything she's done. She's not the hero of her own story. She'll be remembered because of what God has done for her. And now she keeps singing, and she begins to zoom out even more and speak not just about her own story, but all of humanity. Verse 51, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but he's lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. And when Luke uses the word rich in his gospel, it sort of means greedy. Um, Not just those who have money, but those who really only serve themselves with it. So here Mary is saying, you know, those who feel they don't need God will be brought low. Those who are humble will find themselves lifted up. Those who put money or power in place of God will find those things don't deliver. Those who know they need God and trust him and rely on him will find themselves taken care of. She sings a few more lines. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So through this child, Mary is saying, God is helping his people as he promised. He keeps his promises. So as I wrap up here, I want to just make sure we notice one more key thing about Mary's song. It's not all about her. So trusting God is the essence of childlike faith. I want to give you a second key point to think about. It's this. Childlike faith is not self-centered. Childlike faith is not self-centered. That is so key for us to grasp because if we don't, our view of ourselves becomes inflated. Our view of God becomes deflated. We, we can find ourselves actually believing that who God is and what he's like is somehow dependent on how we think of him or how we feel he's performed as God, as if we have a standard bigger than God to measure him by. But that's not true. God is who he is. He, he cares about what we go through, but he is unchanging in the face of our ever-changing emotions 
and experiences. And in her song, Mary described what God has done for lots of people who aren't her. And it causes her to rejoice. And, you know, this means that your view of God uh, cannot and should not just rise and fall on what you think he's done for just you. And my view of God cannot and should not be focused on just what I feel he's done for me. We should be able together to look over history, to look around the world, and see God's love and provision in action for others, and that should directly affect our relationship with God, right? We should be encouraged by the growth of far-off churches. We should find joy in seeing the needs of others provided for. We should feel uplifted when we see relationships repaired that we're not even a part of. We should feel closer to God as a result of seeing him work in somebody else's life. This really is the kind of selfless shape of Mary's song. The very first Christmas song. It's a very selfless song. It's about God's glory, about what he's doing in many people's lives, including Mary's, but not just hers. A childlike faith, trusting in God, others focused, that kind of faith can bear the question, when will it end? Pain, confusion, sadness, all the hard things of life. Childlike faith, if we have it, it leads us to a place where we can trust that all of the hard things of life are safely in the hands of a trustworthy father who loves us beyond what we could possibly imagine. Let me pray. God, we want to have the faith that Mary had, this childlike faith, And we know that if we have it, it's a gift from you. So Holy Spirit, cultivate in us this trust in you and a focus on others, the kind of faith that Mary demonstrated in the first ever Christmas song. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us. And remember to subscribe for weekly messages. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. If you're looking for ways to give to and through CCLW, you can visit cclw.org forward slash give for more information. You can also simply send a text. Text any amount to 84321. Join us in person every Sunday at 11. Directions and address are available online at cclw.org. Have a blessed week.